If you have your Bibles today, and I hope you do, I ask you to turn to 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter. 2 Chronicles, the 20th chapter. Now, while you're turning there, I will say a few words, and I'm going to have to do a lot of backing up because this is kind of part two of what I preached last Sunday. And uh, if you didn't listen to the podcast, you're behind. But in, in our walk or in this walk of following the Lord Jesus Christ, I have found some very interesting things, some very stimulating things, some very thought-provoking things that I want you to share with me today, and I invite you to share them with me today that will help us in our daily battle against Satan and all of his wicked devices. So that when you get through with all of your yelling and screaming and fussing and fighting and cussing and kicking and stomping, you will learn how to praise the Lord. Because what I have found, uh, and I found this out about praise, praise explodes stronghold. Praise paves the way to victory. Pray allows us, praise allows us to get out of the way so that God can do what He has His way. And this is what helps me. I remember the story, and you should be familiar with it, but I remember the story from the book of Acts. And you find this in the 16th chapter of Acts. And if you don't recall that particular story, that's where you find Paul and Silas in the Philippian jail. And if you remember, Paul and Silas are in that Philippian jail, but they start singing. And they start praying and praising the Lord. Now, you know, if you're anything like me, when the roof caves in and the wheels fall off of the wagon... The last thing you want to do is praise God. You know, if you've ever been in jail, oh, you good? Amen. Praise God. And by the way, I haven't either. But the last thing on my mind would be praising God. And why? Probably because we would be so mad, we would be yelling and screaming and fussing and cussing because we're in jail. But you remember that Paul and Silas sang praises to the Lord and they started praying. And I believe that they did this because they understood how to get into the presence of God and, and how to connect with God. And I must tell you this evening... That one true way to get into the presence of God is through praise and worship. Not through fighting, not through yelling, not through screaming and cussing and fussing, not through hostile takeover. And folks, that's why, it, that's why we, it's so important that we show up here. 
that we show up here every opportunity that we can when we're able on Sunday evening because you have a such an important job to do and you may not believe it, but your job is to usher one another into the presence of God. I can hear somebody say, well, I don't need to do all that showing up and to accomplish that goal. Well, then you're being disobedient to God's Word because God's Word tells us in Judge 5, Judges 5.11 to rehearse the righteous acts of God. How can you rehearse the righteous acts of God if you're not in the presence of God? So folks, you know, we don't need to worry about how God is going to fix it. All we need to know is that God is going to fix it. So what do we need to be doing? We need to be teaching others to praise God. Let me show you this. In Psalms 22, the second verse through the fourth verse, it says, O oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but Thou hearest not. And in the night season, and am silent. But Thou art holy, O Thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted, and Thou didst deliver them. Now, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever felt like you have hit rock bottom. Have you ever felt like you have gotten so far down that there's just no further way to go? Now I want you to think about that. Because the writer that in those two verses that are three verses that we just read, the writer is so low he even despairs life itself. But although... Everything in his life is bad, and it seems to be getting worse. He is able to tell it all to God. And I want to tell you this about this particular psalm. This is one of the few psalms that gives no answer or no expression of hope. So what I'm telling you is this. Don't think that you always have to feel cheerful and positive. Because grief and despair and depression take time to heal. But I'm going to tell you, no matter how you feel, you can always take your problems to God and He will express, you know, and allow us to express our anguish to Him. That's what we see Paul and Silas doing in the 16th chapter of Acts. You know, they were simply following in their father's footsteps. They had begun to praise God in their situation. Can you do that? Can you praise God in whatever situation you find yourself in? In other words, in troubled times, they were able to follow the mandate of how to get God's attention. And I'm here to tell you this this evening. I'm here to tell somebody, no matter what kind of calamities you are going through, it doesn't matter how catastrophic the situation may look. It doesn't matter how much of a disastrous report that you have gotten. I dare you to start praising God. I double dog dare you to praise God. Amen. But also you quit your grappling. You quit your fussing. You quit your belly aching. 
Because when you start praising God, things are going to start to happen. Positive things are going to start to happen. Let me ask you a question since you don't think I'm talking to you this evening. Every one of us has probably been in the situation where we got mad and we yelled and we screamed and we hollered and we cussed and we fussed and we even did the old foot thump. But where did it get you? When it was all said and done, where did it get you? I'm not talking about when you was five years old, Ted, when your mama wore you out. I'm talking about once you were mature. Where did it get you? Because you think about this. You know, all it accomplishes is it gets you all frustrated. It gets your blood pressure up and you're still mad. Now, you're probably sitting there going, well, preacher, you just don't know what I'm going through. Look, I know that they're about to turn off your electricity, but you start praising God. Maybe they're threatening to lay you off of your job or something else is going on. Start praising God. Yeah, I know the car's wrecked. It's a wore out jalopy. I know that the house is falling down. I know the refrigerator ain't refrigerating. I know the air conditioner ain't cooling. They lost my time sheet at work and my car payment's due. And if I don't get that car payment made, it's going to get repoed. But I dare you to start praising God. I want to tell you a hypothetical story. I made this one up. Now remember, it's hypothetical. Pay attention. There was a big storm last week. If y'all didn't know it, there was at my house. Big it. And it blew this big old tree over across the road that goes to the highway. And I'm wondering, how in the world am I going to... i got to go to work. Renee's got to go to school. How are we going to go? We can't go nowhere. We can't do nothing. So I got on Facebook. And even though I've got this giant tree laying across my road where I can't get out, I start praising God because I came through it safe. Nothing happened to me. And before I could get done and get off of Facebook, the phone went to ringing. I was getting text messages and the next thing I know... Here R.L. shows up and Ted shows up and Joe Boy shows up. You even came along for the ride. And I know that God was in the plan because here comes Sister Ann and you should have seen this chainsaw she brought with her. I mean, it was a big one. She had to set her down on the ground and put her foot up there on top of it. She was standing on top of it and pulled with both hands. Why are you shaking your head at me like that? But you know what? In an hour we had that tree gone and out of the way. 
And we fellowshiped. And we prayed. And we started praising God. That was hypothetical. I want to tell you this. Do you know what the word praise means? The word praise comes from the Hebrew word barak. B-A-R-A-K. And it means to bless God. You ought to learn how to bless God in your situation. Whatever it is, you need to learn to bless God. I'm going to show you why here in a minute. But Psalm 71.14 says it this way. But I will hope continually and will yet praise Thee more and more. Now, I know there's a lot of us here that are in the sunset years of our lives. We've got a whole bunch more days behind us than we do ahead of us. But yet, we recognize that God has been our constant help in the past. And as our physical powers wane each and every day, we need God even more and we realize He is still our constant help. We must never despair, folks, but keep, keep on, on expecting His help no matter how severe our limitations become. Hope in His help because it will just help us keep going and help us keep serving Him all the more. Psalms 101 says it this way, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands, which mean that when, when you get creative, when you get uh, uh, initiative in, in your, your praise, it never dies. It just keeps going. So, what we're fixing to look at here in Chronicles, and I'm going to read the same text that I put on the podcast last week because I've got to get a bunch of y'all caught up. Uh, uh, We're going to see that Judea was in a tight spot. But we're going to look at one particular verse in this chapter that, that teaches us that Judea means praise. And, and I want to tell you this. You better be careful when you start praising God because Satan is going to try to kill your praise. Every way he possibly can, he's going to try to kill your praise. Now, let's go, let's go to the second chapter of Chronicles. Second Chronicles, the twentieth chapter. Let's go. Let's read verse one. Start in verse one. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab, the children of Ammon, and with them other besides the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying. There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea of this side Syria. And behold, they be in Hazazon Tamar, which is in Gedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. Or he literally put, set his face 
to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast throughout all Judea. And Judea gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judea, they came to seek the Lord. Now let me say this. Last week's title to my sermon was, There Should Be a Story Behind Your Praise. Now you notice in these verses that we read, in verse 3, Jehoshaphat has got a bad report. A bunch of people have came to him and told him there is this great multitude coming in here and they want to destroy you, Jehoshaphat. And you see what he says. It says that he feared. In other words, he was scared. If you look out yonder and you see this great multitude coming after you, you're going to get scared. And that's what he did. But what is the first thing he does is he calls the people together and they seek the Lord. In other words, he called a fast. And everybody started fasting. And they started calling out to the prayer answering God. And I'm going to show you in a little bit what happened. But I want to ask you a question this morning, this evening. Second time I've preached today, not the first. What are you running scared from? What are you fearing? I'm going to make it pretty personal. Are you fearing this COVID thing? Are you running scared from this COVID thing? A lot of people are. But my challenge to you, brothers and sisters, is this. Where's your faith? Where's your faith? If the Lord God Almighty can't put a stop to this and save you, Who else are you going to call on? Who else are you going to put your faith in? Who else are you going to trust? So if you're running scared from it, just stop it. Stop it. And call out to Him. I firmly believe if we had more people calling out to Him about this situation, look what they did. They saw the help of the Lord. They knew they couldn't take on this multitude and they sought the help of the Lord and I'm going to show you what He did. And if He did it for them, what makes us think He can't do it for us? There should be a story behind your praise. That was last week. Now this week, we're going to talk a little bit about Your victory is in your praise. Your victory is in your praise. Now, you you see that all of these people, Ammon and Moab and and the Montites, uh, were all coming uh, against uh, Judea. And Jehoshaphat is, is scared. He's seeking the Lord. He calls a fast. But, you know, they were trying to destroy them. 
They were trying to demolish Judea, Jerusalem. Uh, you know, they were trying to devastate them. But the Bible says that the Lord was this with them. And this is what I want you to get out of this sermon today. You know, I, I'm here to tell you that you can experience God's power through your praise. But how? Well, I'm so glad y'all asked that question. I knew y'all were listening today. By following the steps that are suggested in your text, you can add God's superpower to your natural praise, and you know what you get? You get supernatural praise power. That's what you get. So we see in verse 3 that Jehoshaphat is scared, and he seeks the Lord. That's what he does. He calls the nation together. He seeks the Lord. And when the nation was faced with disaster, Jehoshaphat called upon the people and he said, Folks, it's time to get serious with God. Now I want to tell you something. You know, you, you, it, it's time, I believe, for us as Christians to get serious with God. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired about all the crap that's going on in Washington, D.C., I can tell you it is nothing but the work of the devil. That's what's going on. It's the work of the devil. But I want to tell you the devil's just a little bit slow. Because the devil don't stay up with historical facts because, you know, he, he doesn't pay attention to historical information because when he starts trouble, he overlooks the fact that we run back to God. What does the Bible tell us in James 4.8? It says, draw unto God and He will draw nigh unto you. That's draw nigh unto God and He will draw nigh unto you. Well, that, that cause, I know y'all are asking another question I can hear. How can you do that, preacher? How can you close, how can you come close to God? There's five things I want you to see from that one little verse. First off is submit to God. Regardless of what's going on in your life, what's the first thing Jehoshaphat did when everybody told him, oh, there's a great multitude coming? He called on God. He submitted himself to God. You see, we have to realize that we need God's forgiveness and, and we have to be willing to follow Him. Now, so the first thing, the first point I guess in this sermon is we need to seek God. The second thing, we have to re resist the devil. This is the second thing we see from this little verse in James. Resist the devil. In other words, don't allow the devil to tempt you, to entice you. Cleanse your hands. In other words, purify yourself. Purify your hearts. Be, be cleansed from sin, replacing it with God's purity. The fourth thing is let there be tears, sorrow, and sincere grief for your sins. In other words, don't be afraid to express your grief, your heartfelt sorrow for the sins that you commit. And the fifth thing that, that we get from this little verse in James is humble yourself before God. Humble yourself before God. And He'll lift you up. I'm going to show you that here in just a second. Alright. 
So the first point that I want to make in this sermon is we must seek the Lord. The second thing is we must learn to hear and obey God. Hear and obey God. All right, go. Are y'all still in Second Chronicles? Go to go verse seventeen. Let's go to verse seventeen. Y'all there? Amen. It says, Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord will be with you. Now I want you to back up to verse 15. Back up to verse 15. And I'm going to read kind of the last part of verse 15. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. Remember the bad report that Jehoshaphat had gotten? Here this great multitude is coming up against them. For the battle is not yours, but God. Now let me go back to verse 17 for just a minute. You shall not need to fight this battle. Set yourselves and stand ye still. What did I just tell you we need to do? We need to hear God and obey God. You know, one of the hardest things we have to do is just be still, don't we? But how many of us ask God for something and then we just go on about our busy lives? We don't just sit still and listen for an answer. You need to spend as much time listening as you do requesting, asking. This is not your battle, this is mine. I'm going to fight for you. Then we need to receive the word. When you get the word, Psalms 119.105 says it this way. When you get the Word, that it will become a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Which means the Word of God is going to direct you. It's going to guide you. He will show you how He will make you victorious. What are we talking about today? Victory in your praise. Because in this life that we walk through, we're walking through a very dark forest of evil. There's bad stuff happening all around us all the time. But the Bible can be our light to show us 
the way ahead so we won't stumble as we walk. It reveals all of those entangling roots of values and philosophies. And I want to tell you something. If there was ever a time in human history when there's a lot of false information out there, it is right now. And I'm telling you this. I can't tell you where to go to get your information. I'm not there going to stand here and tell you to watch this news broadcast or that broadcast. I'm not going to do it. I'm telling you, you better be careful. Because that website or that whatever you're listening to, it may be coming straight from Beijing, China, or Moscow, Russia, or Iran, or Iraq, or North Korea. So be careful. And again, I go back to tell you what I told you all ago. The devil is behind it. Why do you think I've been preaching to y'all so much about the spiritual battles we are engaged in? I mean, it's brutal. It's brutal. And I hate to say it, and I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but folks, it ain't over. Not by a long way it ain't over. And you may not agree with me, but I don't think it's going to be over till Jesus comes back. So there you have it. But then, but then, you got to praise God. You got to praise God. I want y'all still in y'all still in Second Chronicles twenty. Look in verse twenty-two. And when they began to sing, wait a minute. Let's back up to verse twenty-one. So when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord. And that should praise the beauty of of holiness. So they went out before the army and to say, Praise the Lord, for His mercy endureth forever. Then look in verse 22. You remember what I told you about how what God can do? What God can do? Look at here. And when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord said, Ambushments against the children of Ahmad, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judea, and they were smitten. You know what that word smitten means? They were defeated. That's why you can praise God. You see, whenever this vast army came against the praise, when they came against Judea, they were smitten. They were struck down. They were laid out. In other words, Judea looked out at that vast army that was there and all that was there was dead bodies. Not one. Not one escaped the power of God.
why would you think for one second that God has changed? Why would you think for one second? My Bible tells me in Hebrews that He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. If God had that ability then for people that sought Him, what makes you think He can't take care of us now? Hear God. Obey God. Get the Word. So I'm going to get King David to explain it to you one more time. Just one more time. I want you to turn to the 150th Psalm. It's the very last one in the book. The very last chapter of Psalm. Psalm 150. Y'all got it? Amen? Amen. One more time. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpets. Praise Him with the psaltery and the harp. Praise Him with the tremble and dance. Praise Him with stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him upon the, upon the loud cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. What did I tell you 100 said? Psalm 101 said, it said, Make a joyful nose unto the Lord. All ye lands serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Another verse tells us, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving, His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. For the Lord God is good, His mercy lasts forever, and His truth endureth to all generations. There's victory in your praise. What I'm telling you folks, when God blesses you, when God gives you the victory, you got to praise Him. In other words, give Him the praise that He deserves. And I'm going to wrap it up this way. Why should I praise, Pastor Strickland? Why should I praise God? If you think you've got no other reason to praise God, you praise God for this. You remember what He did at Calvary. Because He became the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. That's reason enough to praise God. Folks, you have to understand, God hasn't brought you a mighty way. He has brought you all the way. And when you look back at your life, at, at, at your past, you can see, if you're honest with yourself, how God has guided you and directed you and things have worked out the way they needed to work out. You should be giving Him praise for that. But then He paid the ultimate price. 
for our sins. Yeah, He may have went down Friday morning. He may have went down Friday. And that's when Satan thought he had it. He had thought he won the battle. But the Bible said he got up Sunday morning with all power in his hand. He still has that power. You be praising God for your victories. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank You today for Your love, Your mercy, Your grace, the blessings that You give. Father, we just thank You so much. And we praise You so much, Father, for all that You do for us. For Your guidance, for Your direction, for keeping us safe in troubled times. And Father, we just pray that You'll continue to protect us. It's certain a challenging time that we live in. And Father, we need You more now than we've ever needed You in the past. Father, thank You so much for Your Son that died that, on that cross, that paid that ultimate sacrifice, was that ultimate sacrifice that we could have forgiveness of sins. Father, I just thank You for this church, this church family. I pray that you'll watch over us and care for us until we return again. Father, we've put a bunch of folks on our prayer list today. And again, we just lift each one of them up. There's certainly a lot of needs out there, Father. And we ask you to meet those needs, Father. We ask that you will bless us with some rain that only you can send. So, Father, as we leave this place, Help us praise Your holy name. Help us to give You all the glory and honor. And Father, we just ask that You bring us back at the next appointed hour. In Your Son's name we pray. Amen.